Please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts and the actions of our lives be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Hopefully by now, as you've heard the readings today, you might have gotten a little bit of a theme out of all three of those readings. There's a lot about being blind. There's a lot about seeing. There's a lot about darkness. There's a lot about light. There's a lot about faith. And there's a lot about doubt. Seeing is something that we often take for granted. I can't even remember anymore when it was. I think it was second grade that I first got eyeglasses. I didn't realize it at the time, but my vision wasn't good. I could see pretty well out of one eye, but not so well out of the other eye. And so as I tried to do things like read, uh, my eyes strained. They had to do extra work to try to make sense of what I saw because out of one eye, there was pretty good vision, and out of another, it was blurry. It was only when I found this out and got glasses that all of a sudden the headaches that I had been experiencing went away. My vision improved dramatically, and it was a pleasure to read books instead of the pain that I had experienced before. And I don't know if any others of you who now have glasses ever experienced that same thing, that once you got your glasses, you suddenly realized all of the things that you thought you saw before, they now come into clear focus. You realize what you missed. You weren't getting the full picture. See, seeing is something that we all take for granted, I think. We just get used to what we see, and that's what there is. But we know that's not true. If you've ever heard of a thing called a mirage, you know that sometimes we see things that really aren't there. Or, in our current state of affairs, maybe you see something, but your perception of what you see or don't see is really the most important thing. So now, when you go through the grocery store and you see empty aisles, what you see is that there's nothing there. But what you perceive, perhaps, is panic and fear. Now, you can't see panic, you can't see fear, but that's what your mind goes to, just based on what it is that you see. Our gospel reading today has a lot to do with these ideas of things that people see and things that they don't see, things that they perceive versus things that truly are. Now, first, we encounter in the story this man who is born blind. Well, what is it that we see when we look at him? What is it that the people of his day saw when they saw this man born blind begging in Jerusalem? Well, we heard it in our reading. We know exactly what they were thinking. Their thoughts immediately went to sin. The fact that this man from birth 
has never been able to see is perceived as an act of judgment. What is it that this man's parents must have done against God? How is it that they sinned that he was born this way? For this is not good. This is not the way God wants us to be. But look, he is punished. He is condemned because of their sin. When they saw this man, they didn't see a a fellow uh, Jew, a, a fellow Israelite. Instead, they saw a problem, a theological problem, a dilemma. And many people tried to solve it. Many people probably tried to come up with different answers. Well, you know, I I once knew his dad, and he wasn't all that good. His attendance in the synagogue, well, it was less than subpar. Or, ah, yes, I do know his mother, and boy, She gossips all the time, and so surely this, their son being born blind, it is all attributable to that or this or whatever. But when they saw this man born blind, I don't think people in general had compassion or pity on him. They instead saw a problem, a problem that many of them perhaps like to talk about and address, but nothing more than that. I wonder today, what do you see when you look at our world right now? What are you perceiving when you hear the latest news conference, when you see the latest report, when you uh, listen to what your friends are saying on social media? panic and fear. We've already talked about those things, but but even beyond that, I know some people have asked the question, why? Why is all of this happening? Why is all of this stuff ruining our lives? It is disrupting the, the plans that we had for spring break, funerals, weddings, Just day-to-day life, those things are all being put on the shelf. People's jobs are being lost. And there's a lot of panic. There's a lot of fear. But beyond that, people are asking that question, why? What is all of this about? And I've seen a few people say, well, this is God's response, right? This is God's response to our sinful world, our sinful condition. And just like people did with that man born blind, people suddenly start to become theological experts. They start to think, what is God up to? And some people might have some thoughts, some ideas, but their meanderings usually end with this point. Who sinned? Whose fault is this? But I wonder if just like those people in Jesus's day were looking at this man born blind, they saw someone born blind, but their perception was this is a theological problem. When we look at our world today, what we see is the state of affairs. But what is our perception of it? 
Do we just go to the theological problem, or is there something more that we should be seeing? The man born blind, he plays a big part in that gospel reading today, but he's not the only one. Jesus is also there, isn't he? Jesus has a very important role in this story. But just like people looked at that man born blind and they saw one thing, and I wonder if that was the right thing, so too people are looking at Jesus. And there were actually a lot of different opinions about Jesus. Almost as many people are the many different opinions. Take, for instance, this man. He thinks of Jesus as what? As a man from God? As a miracle worker? As the Messiah? As his Savior? Well, it kind of depends where you are in the story, doesn't it? At first, he doesn't really know who this Jesus is, but only by experiencing his grace, his love, his healing power, does this blind man's opinion of Jesus change. It develops as the story goes on. But there are other people in the story that seem to have more static opinions about Jesus. Jesus' own disciples address him as rabbi, as teacher. And we know throughout John's gospel that Jesus is addressed this way numerous times. If you go back a couple weeks ago, when our gospel reading was from John 3, we know that that's how Nicodemus addressed Jesus, as, as a rabbi, as a teacher. But that wasn't the only opinion of Jesus, right? You also have that uh, opinion we heard last week from the Samaritan woman, that, that Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is that promised deliverer from God who would truly redeem his people, who would usher in God's kingdom. And that, that opinion's floating around in our reading today as well. But above all of that, we also hear the opinion of the Pharisees. See, when they see Jesus, when they perceive Jesus as somebody who is breaking the law of God, the traditions of their elders, by healing this man on the Sabbath, by doing work on the Sabbath, what do they perceive? They perceive that Jesus is a troublemaker, that he is a rule breaker, that he is a threat to their beliefs, their religion. This is a man who violates the laws of Moses. He surely cannot be from God, therefore he must be from Satan. That was their perception. It was what they saw when they saw Jesus doing this work on the Sabbath. Now, we could think, what do people perceive today when we talk about Jesus? What do people perceive today when we speak of him, when we sing about him, when we praise him, when we come together and worship him? And I think the truth is that just like in Jesus' own day, 
there are opinions all over the map. Some people think of Jesus as a a nice guy, a great teacher, somebody who really has a lot of good things to say and we should probably listen to him. But there are people out there, like the Pharisees too, aren't they, Uh, who look down upon Jesus, who really don't think we need Jesus. People who think that they are doing good on their own and Jesus is just slowing them down. Or maybe it's just their problem isn't so much with Jesus. It's with what other people perceive in him. We can't always control people's perceptions. We can't always change them. But I think we at least have to acknowledge that just like in Jesus's day, when there were a lot of different opinions about him, a lot of different perceptions, so also today. People look at him and they're not always going to see, perceive the same thing that you and I do. Maybe then, the way to think about this gospel reading is not so much to think about what other people are seeing, what other people are perceiving. Because as we talked about the man born blind, we saw that people saw a problem, a theological dilemma. As we thought about Jesus, we see that They don't even agree. Everybody sees the same thing. Everybody sees Jesus perform this miracle, but their perceptions of him vary widely. What does that tell you? What does that tell me? I think it says our vision may not be as good as we think it is. If everyone can look at the same thing and reach different conclusions, it seems to tell me that we all must have a problem with our vision. Because when we look at one thing, we should all see one thing and not a whole bunch of other things. If there's something wrong with the vision people have in this story, I think it becomes crystal clear by looking at the story through Jesus's eyes. Now, when Jesus sees this man born blind, unlike all of the Pharisees and even unlike his disciples, does he see in this man born blind a theological problem? Does he look at this man who's born blind and see the sin of his father or mother or even both? Does he look at this man born blind and see his own sin. No. Jesus's perception is different than anyone else's perception. While everyone else is looking at this through the eyes of judgment and condemnation, Jesus looks at this man born blind in compassion and mercy. When he sees this man born blind, he sees an opportunity to do the works of God. And what are the works of God? The work of God for this blind man was to bring sight. Jesus spit and got a little bit of the dirt and mud and rubbed it on this man's eyes and told him to go. And as he did, 
as he followed those instructions of Jesus, his sight was restored. He could see once more. Now to us, that is an amazing miracle that this man could see. In his own day, the people could not believe it. Surely this must be some other man because people don't just receive their sight back, especially people who never had sight to begin with. It's a biological impossibility. But it happened. It happened because Jesus made it happen. Jesus performed this miracle. Jesus saw this man in a way that no one else did. He saw him and he loved him. He saw him and he restored his sight. But that's not the most amazing thing. The most amazing thing in this story is how Jesus opened his eyes of faith. Jesus gave him eyes of faith that he did not have at the beginning. Jesus helped open the eyes of faith in this man so that by the time all is said and done, who is he? He's a disciple, a disciple of Jesus. He is one who recognizes that he is the Lord, his Savior, his Messiah. This is a man who recognizes that the greatest gift that he has received from Jesus is not the gift of his physical sight, but the gift of grace, the gift of mercy, the gift that only Jesus can bring, the gift of faith. This is the most wondrous miracle that is worked in this story. And that's the miracle that God works in all of us. That we were once a people in darkness. We were born into this world just like that man born blind. We couldn't see. Not physical sight now. I'm talking the eyes of faith. We did not have faith in God. We did not know who he was. We did not know his love, his grace for us. We were separated from him and hostile toward him. But God comes. God came. He came to each one of us through the waters of baptism, through the power of his word, and he gave us a new sight, new eyes, those eyes of faith so that we could see him and see our neighbors and see the world around us and perceive the world in a whole new way. My brothers and sisters, this is the gift of Jesus. Jesus alone has the right vision, the right sight, the right perception. He alone sees us in the true way as he sees us as sinful people. Through the cross, he sees us as holy, as clean, as perfect, we who are sinful by birth are forgiven because Jesus, that Messiah, goes to the cross and dies for our sins. He forgives our sins and he leads us to new life, a new creation, a new sight 
through faith in him. One of the words, phrases, I guess, that we often hear in the season of Lent is this, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. We need to hear that. We need to hear that in our world today. Because you're so busy looking at the grocery stores. You are so busy looking at social media to see what the next thing is. You are so busy looking at the news reports that all of that has distracted you. You see that and your perception of it is fear and panic, but that is not the gift that God wants to give to you. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Through the eyes of faith, we know this world is passing away. We know that this world is a broken, sinful place, and whether coronavirus was part of the news or not, that would have been true. When Jesus gives us those eyes of faith, he gives us peace. He gives us assurance, comfort, and hope. These gifts are yours. You may not see rightly with your own eyes, but Jesus, the Holy Spirit, our Heavenly Father, changes you. Just like that man born blind, he changes you and opens your eyes so that you can see him rightly, so that you can see yourself rightly. And so you can see your neighbor and the world around you rightly. May you, this day and this week, have those eyes fixed on Jesus. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and risen Savior. Amen. Amen.